the ringer. Ba 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 ba. What's up? What's up, YouTube? How is everyone doing? My name is Matt. Sometimes I go by the Grass Factor. And today is our weekly scheduled episode of Thirsty Smurfin Thursday. How the hell is everyone doing? Um, today, alongside me, we have Ray Ito and Ryan DeMay. Ryan DeMay is going through some troubleshooting right now because, you know, look, even though it's 2023, we still do computers, and computers sometimes do us. And, uh, and that means you catch a two-by-four sideways right in the rear end from time to time, and you just got to figure out how no, to we'll shake it. We'll do it live! Fuck it! <laughs> you got to figure out how to shake it off. Not I mean. Um, Regardless, we, we're going to get this figured out. Ray, uh, how about you introduce our guest tonight? All right, folks. Uh, today, we have standing next to us none other than the great Dan the Lawn Man, our friend. Yes. How the hell Dan are you, Dan? the Lawn Man. And by, and by the way, you know, I got to say, this guy did us a solid. Oh, shit. Yes. No, this this guy did us a super solid, and uh, mm -hmm. we have the pictures to prove it. <laughs> you know, we've got the pictures to prove it, and uh, for those of us who don't know what the heck we're talking about, uh, that was that Friday night where we had some uh, overtopped pizzas, we did. followed by the real deal. Havana rum. <laughs> yes. Dan, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, I thank don't want to know how you got uh, rum rum from Cuba uh, to, to your hands and then to my hands, but I've got to say, <laughs> I'm not, I am not a rum connoisseur of sorts, right? I have definitely drank my fair share, but that is the first time I have ever drank in rum neat in a glass. And I was like, I want to drink this entire bottle. It was <laughs> phenomenal. Still drinking it, by the way, not going to lie. Uh, every time I sneak over to it, was I that... have to keep it at J Pink's house because if it's at my house, I'm going to finish the damn thing in a night. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. Otherwise, it's yeah. Too delicious. How yeah, it's it's treasure. Treasure. Can, can you say treasure. how you acquired it's, uh, that? It's, 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 so it was just a simple trip to Cuba. Um, <laughs> kind of, you know, slipped a little something to the, uh, you know, to the dudes out there. Uh, snuck it in. And I was trying to get cigars at the same time, but that, that is actually very difficult. They, they pay high end for that. Um, so I was only able to sneak two bottles in, one which I sent you, one which I enjoyed over here, and uh, next time I'll come out and I'll get some more. But, yep, that was actually from Cuba at a bar that I went to. Um, they don't manufacture it there, but uh, they do sell it there. So I'm glad you yeah, it. Yeah, it was. It is. It, very and, uh, I, and it kicks in. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it brings the thunder yeah. for sure. Uh, but the complex, <laughs> I was really stunned with the complexity of it, right? Like I'm thinking rum, you know, and, and most people think rum, what are they going to think of? Right. Uh, Bacardi, Bacardi, uh, clear, or, you know, maybe, maybe they go out there and they do a little Captain Morgan spiced rum or something 
<laughs> lame ass <laughs> shit like that. Maybe a Malibu and pineapple. No, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. This is the real deal. That uh, and I'll say this: if if anybody puts pineapple juice in their Havana Club in front of me, especially if it comes from Cuba, I will fight you. Uh, do not do it. Um, I'll put you in a headlock, and it, it'll be bad. You at least have to have one glass of it, straight up, neat. Don't shoot it like an asshole. Sip it, taste it, enjoy it. Um, it was interesting. It almost tasted slightly malty to me. I do not know what the what the the mash bill on it is. Yeah, it's it's rum, so I'm sure it's full of sugar cane, right? But there was a maltiness to it that uh, that almost almost had like a a scotchiness. It was interesting and exciting. It was a little roomy for a no, It was a little smoky, Matt. Yeah, yeah, it was. The yeah. the overwhelming thing about it is that it was just so like sweet and pleasant because uh one of my former vices in the old days was dark bacardi that was one of my when we say sweet we're saying like bourbon sweet not like there's you know 650 uh tablespoons of sugar in it it's a a, no it is a a bourbon-esque sweetness you know not not a sugar sweetness and it that's what yeah it it was a it was a very it was very, you know, like nicely fragrant. I mean, I said, yeah, this is rum that doesn't remind me of uh, gasoline or paint stripper. You know, it's entirely <laughs> different. I mean, I mean, this this was good stuff. I mean, because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I had it and I thought, man, this is good. Uh, Good thing that bottle is all the way in Tennessee, by the way. <laughs> Seriously. In, yeah. in all seriousness, thank you for sharing your culture with us. Thank you for sharing a piece of you with us. Um, and and, and honest to God, when you when you do come up here, we will we will return the favor. Um you know, I've got I've got some some Japanese whiskeys here. Of course, we we've got some some stuff homegrown here in Tennessee as well, too. Might <laughs> might do a little under the table. Uh, Panther piss, we call it. You know, moon, moonshine from the from the uh, the backwoods of the Smokies that we might we might have to sip on a little bit and uh, share share a little yeah, bit of fine. our culture that's with you as well list. too, man. I've yet to have some uh, moonshine. So oh, that's on my bucket list. We'll scratch that we'll, off before I'm fifty. We will get it from the guy in the trailer that makes it the right way. That when he when he fills his jars. He has a cigarette dangling from his mouth with a cherry on it just a little bit too long, and you're frightened to holy shit it's going to fall in the jar as he dips it in the barrel to pull it out. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that kind of moonshine. Not, not from the liquor <laughs> store, uh, Smoky Mountain Shine or whatever. No, we're, we're, we're going to go find old Jim Bob out in the middle of nowhere and do it that way because <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not, Ryan, man? <laughs> I, I, uh, I do apologize, Ryan. I was trying to get it out there before you guys headed out so you could all get a it's all so good man didn't get there in time it's okay oh, man don't don't worry demay demay is gonna end up snorting it on camera for us so uh it'll be, it'll be good <laughs> yeah i mean he just, he just doesn't club yet. paint stripper stripper paint i mean whatever i'm into all of it <laughs> <laughs> if you can snort it i'm into it wait hang on sorry about that <laughs> wrong wrong part of cuba uh Dan. Talk to us. It's been a hot minute since you've been back on here. <laughs> Jesse says, rumor has it, every bottle of Havana Club has one sprinkle of Fidel's cash uh, cremains in it. I feel a little Jesus. better about my sip with it. 
Um, anyway, Dan, talk to us since the since the last time you've been on. What have you been up to, and uh, what what do you what do you got what do you got on the menu tonight? What you what you serving up? What's it, what's what's on the skew skew list? Well, let me update you guys first. Uh, since the last time I was here, um, you guys very know very much know about health issues lately. Um, mm-hmm. Previously, I was doing a lot of. Uh, a lot of maintenance and lawns that relate more to what Ray is doing, meaning full control of the lawn. If I can't do it, I don't want it, which pertains to mowing, uh, uh, sprinkler systems, um, keeping them uh, fertilized, weed control, fungus control, all that stuff. Um, apart from that, uh, I had my health issues earlier this year. And I had to let go of the mowing part. Um, unfortunately, being out in the heat, it was not going to work out for me too well. Um, but I did maintain the spraying aspect of um, the small business that I own. Fortunately, some I got a handful of clients that are no longer around. Um, but I did gain some clients during this time. Uh, so with all that said, I lost some. I gained some. I'm pretty much back to where I was before. Uh, it's 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 going well. It's back to you know. I did not take too much of a loss other than maybe two or three months, and uh, things are going well there. Uh, what I got for you guys today is uh, some topics. We're going to talk about uh, the pro side, and we're going to talk about my lawn a little bit. Uh, as far as the pro side. Uh, one of the topics that we were actually talking about in the pre-show is weather conditions. And as you very well know, this year has been pretty harsh in weather here in South Florida in particular since March, I would have to say, which is kind of rare. Since March, the rainy season has begun. And I wanted to get your input on what could I do? When it's just non-stop raining. It could rain all morning. It could rain all afternoon. It could rain all evening. And I would have no time to go out and spray. It's gotten to the point that uh, I would almost overlap my month schedule into the following month's schedule. Meaning if one month I had to fertilize, the next month I had to insecticide, the next month I had to some type of fungus control, the next month was, uh, I don't know, pre-emergence, all of that kind of almost overlapped. And I wanted to get your point of view and, and your take on if something like that was to occur moving forward, I'm thinking of it as a profit margin uh, on my end because I charge month to month. Should I take the hit and just not think of a headache and just spray two things at once and take the hit or do I find a way to kind of just keep that rolling and do my month services as I'm doing now and uh, just find a way to deal with it I guess that's I mean so this comes down to you know allocation of finances right over what you've got to produce so I mean, I think there's things that you can do, right, in changing your billing practice. So you got, so as I understand it, it's either billed as TNM, time and materials for what you do in the month, or you just have a flat bill 
it's the same every month and everything's just broken out over 12 bucks. Yeah, I have it broken out into 10 applications. Okay, okay. So there's there's a flat bill if they want to pay mm-hmm. yearly and get a discount mm-hmm. with it, and then there's a month-to-month. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, there's things that you can do to get people to pay up front, right? So you can purchase those materials and have those in stock. Now, the other thing, too, is the logistical concerns of where do you store all that stuff? You know, how much can you buy? How much cash do you carry on hand? How much product do you have on hand? Things like that. So incentivizing people to pay ahead, right? So it's not just discounts because that's money out of your pocket, but referral bonuses, things like that. Those are things I'd look to because the net cost on that is basically zero, right? Um, Depending on how you have your referral programs set up and it gets money in your pocket ahead of time, right? So, you know, things that you can, and you can use this in your upsells too. So if you do know, and you strategically know from a timing standpoint that, hey, I'm going to spray these two together, pre-emergent and, you know, uh, uh, you know, some other type of uh, herbicide, let's just say, you know, package that together and upsell that, right? So that there's an incentive for people to do it because, hey, it's taken out of the regular program. So the people that are going to use it, I get paid for it up front, right? Um, that's one way to do it. I'm a Neanderthal when it comes to packaging this. So I want to hear what what Ray, Ray just goes and brings a tire iron and said, listen, you want this lexicon or what? No. He, <laughs> in, um, sometimes he's, 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 he's gone a little soft in his old age. You know, now it's just like a lock or a cue ball in a sock. It's just not the same effect. <laughs> what do you all think? Go ahead, Ray. Okay. Uh, I'm start- I've always started to look at lawn-, lawn care, and I put it to prospective clientele as, this is more like an insurance policy for your lawn. In that, by committing to this program, you can be assured that your lawn will still be there month to month, week to week, and you're not paying for a service. This is not fee for service. This is so that you have a second set of eyes, second set of hands, you know, helping you with this. Because a lot of people get caught up in a fee-for-service model. And my problem with that fee-for-service model becomes, okay, so what happens when we have weeks or months of rain, for example, and that situation that you described in that, okay, now I've got to stack my applications or put some together in the same month and wait a minute because it's fee for service how do i i bill that whereas i think the way i handle it is i say okay i'm here for a specific reason and this is not to do applications that's not my purpose my purpose is to ensure that your lawn weathers through various conditions and is still here at the end of the year. And so 
-hmm. In the case of, say, I have to make these insane, ridiculous tank mixes where I've got fertilizer in it, I've got fungicide in it, and I've got, say, grub control in it, and I've got pre-emergent in it, and it's all in the same tank. Uh, because I'm not breaking it up into fee-for-service, the way I can look at that kind of application is that, okay, because these people have been paying me for the last, uh, you know, year, not an issue for me to just put it all together, get it done when I can. Not a problem because they've already paid for this. They've paid for this because, again, I'm not looking at this from a fee-for-service standpoint. I'm looking at this as, hey, as long as you pay your bill, uh, I'm going to be the second set of eyes on the lawn. And furthermore, you have a number to call. You know, you got a number to call when you need something. I'll be, because... I'll be really trans. Oh, go ahead, right? Sorry. Yeah, because uh, the other way that I approach this is I tell people, you know, consider what you're paying me every month as my retainer. Yeah, exactly. Okay? As long as long as you as long as you're willing to pay this, uh, hey, uh, you have access to me. You have access to all the services I provide. You have access to all of the materials and equipment that I that I have. You know, as long as you pay for this, and it's not going to become a matter of the other model where something comes up and I say, "Hey, uh, this is not covered in our original agreement." Uh, me dealing with this becomes an upsell because that is something that I don't really have in my business. I mean, the only thing I can consider separate is if I have to do some kind of irrigation work that involves more than changing out a, uh, a broken sprinkler nozzle or something else small. I mean, Let's put it this way. The moment I start cutting trenches through a lawn or replacing major components, that's when that is separate and that's understood. But then otherwise, I know I totally avoid dealing on an upsell type model. That makes sense. Okay. Um. I'll I'll be transparent about this is that I am the worst at this. So do understand, you know, practicing what I'm preaching here is, mm -hmm. is something that you know, I'm not good at. And it just, it takes effort and practice and repeating it. And I will say the older, not the older, the more time I spent in it, um, the easier for, for it, uh, to become for me. Um, Okay, here's here's one way to think about it, right? You 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 bill flat monthly. There's one month where you get completely rained out, whatever. You still send a bill that month. Well, you've got a month of rain that just happened. That means your next time out, you're you're effectively behind, right? And now you have to play catch up. You and you're put behind because of what nature threw at you. Again, nature always wins the war. 
you know, what are we going to do to to fight this battle? Chances are, in your effort to fight that battle, you're now going to have to up your product cost. If you do not have the cash flow from the previous month where you didn't spend the money on, on cost of goods, you know, product then, but now you have to play catch up and you're having to apply additional goods. If you skipped billing the month before, you're not just taking a hit on operational expenses. You're not just taking a hit on cost of good expenses. Now you're taking a double hit on having to double pay for the double application that you're going to be doing to play catch up to get you back to where you're supposed to be, right? So I think, and, and, I, and here's the other thing, Dan, is that I guarantee you everyone in your area that is running a good-sized business is billing that month whether they're able to get out there or not. And that is, that is just how it's, yep. how it's going to be because you have to cash flow your business. And if you're going to cash flow the next month of product, you have to have the previous month's cash in order to do so, especially if you're going to be double apping, right? So you, you know you're going to be double apping the next month. I mean, you're week three into this, and you're like, shit, that month is foobar. You skip billing that month, you're screwed. You're screwed because when it comes time to buy materials for the next month, it's not, it's not there. Here, here's the other thing, too. You get paid that month, you set aside that money for cost of goods and leave it there. So that way, when the next, next month does roll around, you double up your money that you set aside for cost of goods because you had it from the previous month that you didn't spend, and now you got it for the new month that you haven't spent yet. You double up. Now you've got way more buying power to be way more flexible about how you want to play catch up, right? And if that means you got to run a little bit different fertilizer than you anticipated, if you got to run a little bit more expensive fungicide than you anticipated, right? That's fine because you have the allocated cost of goods to get there. And I think that's something that's easy to communicate to the customer. It's not a fun conversation to have, I promise. But it's something easy to communicate to the customer. Be like, look, we just got a month of nonstop rain. You are going to have fungi growing out of your lawn that NASA scientists will want to study. And it's <laughs> my job as, a, as your lawn manager, as your turf manager, to put a stop to it before it creates real harm, right? And it's going to cost me a lot of money to get this done. So if you want me to skip billing on this month, do understand when that happens, under no circumstances am I going to be able to afford to do what's necessary to fulfill my job and to, to, to sign my name on your work. Your lawn is my work. That's, that's my signature on it, whether you want it to be or not. That's my reputation there. And I want to put my best foot forward. And if I can't afford to do so, and it's not, it's not, it's not how it's going to work. So I'm either yeah. going to send this bill uh, and you're, and you're going to pay it. So I'm going to have the money allocated for the next application or it's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. All, all great solid points. Cause I was actually going to be my next question. I run a certain amount of product that's cost efficient for me because I know my area. I know what pops up month to month, but if something happens, I skip a month and I know I'm going to have serious headaches and I need some serious products and I need different products because I'm not going to push so much nitrogen or I'm not even going to push any nitrogen or I need more uh, phosphorus or I need, you know, P and K instead of N, rather Florida likes it or not, mm -hmm. I'm going to push P and K uh, because I got a fungus issue or whatever and I want this to help plant or the lawn or whatever. 
you know, that was actually going to be my next question. It's it's costs that I don't have set up in my sports book. It's products that I'm going to have to buy later that I'm not allocated for. And, you know, that, that those are solid points. That that actually answers and, the next question I was going to ask. And it makes total sense all, uh, what you guys just uh, mentioned all three of you. Okay, Dan? One other thing I was go you go first, Ray. This is this is why for me, like from the start of my business, I have always based my pricing not on these wonderful perfect years where it rains just the right amount, uh the sun is out so many days and everything is great. No. Instead, Dan, do you know what I do? I plan for the ultimate in FUBAR situations. I also plan for the situations where, unfortunately, these people have done exactly what they're not supposed to do and put, say, a disease or nematode-susceptible grass in their lawn. Or even better, or this has been an issue for a long time running now, their entire lawn and landscape is infested with certain types of weeds. I plan on it. And I do get a, I sometimes get some pushback on it, mind you, Dan. And they're asking me, well, what rate? Why do you cost more than the other people that are solo operators or non-corporate operators is like, why, why do I cost more? And I can turn to these people and tell them it is because when you let me know that say there's nut sedge sprouting everywhere in the lawn and landscape, or you've got nematode damage and it's killing the entire lawn. At that time, I have a plan to deal with it. And also, I am not sending you an extra bill because my prices were based on planning on covering that eventuality. Because it's not a matter of if it happens, yeah? It's a matter of when it happens. When. Yep. Yeah, when. Yeah, when, 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 when the bad things happen. And... Uh, and so I don't want to put this or make it look like I'm capitalizing on somebody's FUBAR situation where, you know, they tell me, oh, my God, there's uh, large brown patches opening up in the lawn. And I and I tell them, well, you know, uh, I know what that is. Uh, I can fix it, but it'll cost you. I don't like to be that guy. Yeah. And by the way, and by the way, that actually doesn't <clears throat> sell well because I've also seen what happens where when somebody tries to play that here in Hawaii, do you know what the answer is? They, they get told, you know what? Fuck off. We'll find somebody cheaper. Bye. Yeah. People don't, don't receive upsells very well here. Yeah, it's same, not very well same here. <laughs> people, people are kind of cheap because I, I saw Brent put in the comments. Um, 
fungicide side applications don't do it for free and actually i put that as part of my program and i know that's one of the most expensive things that i put yeah but i i have it built into my program i put two uh fungicide apps because the rainy season and then the change of weather that's when we start seeing water up over water apart yeah. from that apart from that anything extra i do charge but i do i do put uh to include it to my program that uh, that's charged for it. What, what were you going to say, Demay? I was going to say two things real quick. One, I think <sighs> that, um, you know, it, in the case of different products, like you were saying, Dan, like the heavy hitters, you got to have those. I think you have to charge enough margin across your entire client base that you have a sufficient arsenal of those. Because, like, let's be honest, right? Like, uh, okay, in my market, if I'm a lawn care operator, I don't want to have to go buy a four-ounce bottle of Pilex if I'm going to use, you know, a medicine dropper's worth, right? That's a kick in the dick. So by that same token, though, you have to charge enough so that you can put some of those things in your arsenal and have those at the ready. And, you know, somewhere in between Brett's point of, you know, free services, including your price and everything like that. And a lot of what Ray does, you know, in terms of that retainer type style is we're so conditioned by corporate lawn care to sell tasks that get completed and billed. Right. And I think what I know what Ray does, I know what I do. And it sounds like what you do is more of a, I'm going to provide you an outcome, a certain level of service, a certain level of quality, right? Or a requisite price. If that's too much, sorry. But I, I think, you know, that gets to a point where you can bill ahead, right? So, you know, you're not a month behind in billing and catching up on cash flow, but you're a month ahead, right? So the day you start, you owe me money, right? And that way, just like Ray said, you have access to my services, which include, you know, heavy hitters if we need to pull those out. And those are free, right? Hey, this is what we're dealing with. Here's how we can fix it. If you want to fix it, great. If you don't, here's the, you know, the consequences therein that are going to follow, right? And or here's other things that are going to take, you know, take place after that. So I don't know. I think just I, I, I like that honest approach of I'm here to provide you a service. And that service isn't, you know, turning a wrench and replacing an alternator on your lawn or, you know, changing out the compressor on your lawn's, you know, freezer. It is, I'm trying to get you a result. And, you know, right. the, the, the commodity lawn care space is filled with, well, we think that these six rounds are going to get us that result. Hopefully, maybe, I don't know. Or, you know, if this guy shows up to pay naked, I might not be able to get that result anymore because I'm not going to go to his house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think I think a lot of times we don't place enough emphasis on this is um, the the psychology of selling. Right. And there's there's kind of two different approaches. You can have, you know, the used car salesman, you know, uh, you get a car, you get a car. Come on down. <laughs> and there's a time and a place for that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but there's there's also a time and a place where you exude nothing but the extreme most confidence to the point where it doesn't come across as arrogant. It comes across as like, is he mad at me? Like as, as a homeowner, you're thinking like, did I, did I make him angry? 
you know, and I'll, I'll give you an example. If you go up there and it's time to discuss the price, like you pull up and you see Pythium just everywhere. And it's in your head, you're like, shit, this is Pythium. I got to spray Mephinoxim. This is going to be expensive of an application. You know, how am I going to handle talking to this customer? That anxiety you have going on and that, and that, that kind of anger of like, fuck that, I got to deal with this. I think it's okay to build that into your message to the customer, right? If you get up there and you're like, ah, man, yeah, so here's the deal. Is, um, so that's, okay, that's Pythium. And it's, ah, it's bad news. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a fix for it. I know of a good fix, but, um, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be, um, I could probably do it for like 72 bucks or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's not exactly the same. And, and I get it. There's sometimes you have to approach it that way. You got to read all your customers, but I, but I think you'll notice your close rate is significantly different when you walk up to them. You see it, and you see the Pythium, and you're frustrated about it, and you approach it this way. Like, here it is. It was just a matter of time before it showed up. Finally, Pythium is here. Um, there's a fix for it. It's Mephinoxim. Uh, it's an expensive product. The only thing I'm going to be able to do for this product is that um, your your monthly bill is, is $50. It's going to be $72 this month. It's going to provide adequate protection of this. And uh, it gives me the ability to make sure that I'm proud of at least the service that I'm going to be delivering you. Uh, if you have any questions about it, feel free to follow up. Uh, if you need me to send it to you in an email. Uh, but since the rate at which this spreads, uh, it would be mutually beneficial to you and me if I could go ahead and get this treated. Because if it increases in severity or damage, uh, there's a high degree of probability that we're going to end up having to replace this with Sai. Uh, do you want me to go ahead and get it done? It's... It's not cold, right? It's, and it's not, you know, but it's coming across as like, matter of fact, sh- yeah, like shit, man, he's fucking serious about this, you know? And that's a, that is a difficult thing to, I, and it takes practice doing that, right? And I, I think, uh, uh, you know, whether you, I know some people actually take sales classes to learn how to do that. And I think that's actually a good thing, right? Um, even, Again, I simp on Tony Robbins all the time that I'm the kind of guy that can listen to Tony Robbins and get super into. But the reason why is that, you know, if you ever watch a Tony Robbins uh, presentation where he's talking about self-mastery and all this, it's being able to use that, that kind of internal strife that you're doing to effectively communicate it without having to use the words of like, fuck, shit, fuck, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ah, you know? But come across with a little bit of confidence, a little bit of anger uh, of, that's hiding in there, a little bit of anxiety that's going on in there. And, uh, but, at, but at the end of the day, you know, it's like, this is what it is. I need to get it done, and I need to get it done now. And you're either going to be on board or you're not. Um, right. the, the more succinct that you can be at communicating that, the higher the close rate you're going to see. And I think that goes in, if you want to sell a more expensive service in general, you have to be that way all the time with every customer, with every cell. And if you don't, um, if they don't respond well to that, chances are they're not going to sign up service with you. And the people that do sign up service with you are going to be better customers long run, in, in the long run, right? They will, if they want to, to have someone that they can wheel and deal with and you have that kind of communication, they're not going to work with you from the get go. They'll sense it and they'll be like, that guy's not a wheeler dealer. Uh, you know, I'll move on. I'll move on to the next service. 
that'll save you a lot of, of pain if having to deal with that. And every time they call, ah, man, you think you can do it for 40 bucks this month? No. You know, and then, and then, uh, and then they're like, ah, you know, so-and-so quoted me down the street. No. Like, okay. You've wasted 45 seconds of my time. Now I'm going to start sending you a bill for $15 for every minute that you continue to waste. You understand? <laughs> yeah. And you can get to that point, right? You know, but if you weeded them out on the, on the front and you don't have to do it with anything else, by the way you carry yourself and the way you speak and speaking with an air of, of confidence. And I promise like the hard part, the hardest part about that is that if you don't know how to address an issue, it's speaking with confidence that you don't know. Taking a look at it, you, you're seeing a disease and you know it's fucked, but you don't know exactly what it is. And then you communicate with them and be like, okay, we have something serious going on here. Uh, I'm going to collect a couple of samples. I'm going to take a few pictures. When I get back to the shop tonight, uh, I've got a lot of research and a few books that I've got to dig into, probably consult with one of my networking friends, and uh, I'll get back with you with the most accurate diagnosis that I can so we can figure out the most appropriate solution to get this rectified as soon as possible because I do not like what I see. Yeah. You told them that you have no idea, but you did it in such a confident way that they're like, oh, shit. Cool. Like, okay, great. Can't wait to hear from you. Um, and, and again, you're, you're selling them without, you know, being the used carsman, killer salesman without selling them and selling them on the fact that you don't know, but selling them the confidence that you're the fucking guy who's going to get that figured out. And I trust whatever he's going to tell me is good to go. Right. So that's another, another, another strategy, right? Even when you don't know selling into the fact that you don't know with confidence, but you'll also yep. solve it. Good point. Good point. I need to work on I need to work on that sales pitch a little bit. I usually walk in there and like, fuck, hey, your shit's fucked. Uh, but I know what to do. Don't worry. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think there's a whole franchise out there called Unfucked Lawns that people are going to be like, that's who I need to call. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's fucked. Well, um, I need to unfuck it. Well, I'll walk in there. I'll be like, yeah, you got a shit ton of weed. I got the stuff to take care of it. We'll get your growing going and uh, sign up. But yeah, definitely a a good sales pitch is definitely something I definitely need to work on, especially when it's a service that's not included and it's an additional tag on, which is my next uh, topic to discuss. I want to get into the realm of trees, shrubs, flowers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to include this into a program. I'm, I'm just currently focused on lawns, And I know this is something not really talked about, but uh, hopefully you guys can guide me a little bit on this. Um, as you know, there's what we deal with a lot of here is palm trees, privacy shrubs, and occasional a garden bed. Uh, it could be a mixture of flowers. It could be a mixture of shrubs. You know, simple stuff like that. And I want to get into this realm, but I don't want to do it as a monthly service, just because right now uh, I don't have the time. Maybe as a every three month plan, I could go in there quarterly. and tack sure, on. Yep. Yeah, a quarterly plan. I could go in there and tack on everything at once. Rather, it's uh, a fungus app, an insecticide app, and a little fertilizer app. Um, and I want to do it at the soil base. 
I don't know if that's possible, but that's why I'm asking you guys. You you, you want to do it like oh. it, injecting into the soil? Injecting into the soil. Okay. 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 Uh, Dan, here's what I can you know tell you about dealing with trees, shrubs, palms, etc. This is yet another instance where less is more. Okay. Less is more because my experience with that has been that the less that is applied to a landscape and and even to trees, the better off they are in the long run. I keep okay. applications to those kind of plant materials to the barest of minimums. In fact, in a lot of cases, I avoid routinely fertilizing at high rates, even. I just don't. I just don't do it. And as far as uh, diseases, like fungus, a lot of that is heavily related to, like, cultural practices. And because of the intricacies of cultural practices that's why a lot of times i end up needing to take control of that as well because it can be as simple as a matter of improper trimming or pruning that actually creates a problem and then lastly as far as insect pests you know that while it's still legal to do so, I am a big fan of neonicotinoids applied to the soil as an injection. I think that that application or that type of application is basically a game changer for when it's you know deployed properly and used against the right pests and for the right reasons uh dan legitimately the best decision i ever made with trees and shrubs was to stop spraying pesticides on them that was where i saw my biggest gains so i used to do seven applications a year right and that would be a mixture of you know in in corporate world we had you know slang for it like he had ind which is insect disease control uh, and then you had you know your, your fertilizer apps and uh, typically I was doing four IND apps a year and three, three fertilizer apps. And uh, what was in it, it Matt? Was, what was it? Uh, Tall Star, Orthene, Merit, and Banner. Uh, we called it Tomb. Good, right? um, good Lord. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Because I, I got to tell you guys about this fucking clown in town that managed to create. No, that managed to create super mealybugs. Because I had a cat. No, I had a cat that what his thing was is he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And so his thing was to go into somebody's landscape because he was a landscape gardener. And what he used to do is he used to mix up a hose end sprayer containing Talstar, Merit, and horticultural oil. Oh, yeah. And proceed. and proceed to hose down all the trees and the shrubs with that shit, you know, claiming 
Yes, this controls the white flies and the aphids and the mealy bugs. Well, you know what? Guess what, pal? You made it so that the white fly and the mealy bug literally became pyrethroid and neonicotinoid resistant all in one fell swoop. And I had to clean up after this guy. I mean, this was horrible because, because the thing is, is that the more he sprayed, the worse the insect pests got on the trees and the shrubs. If you can imagine. Uh, for, for me, it was always <laughs> spider mites, right? That's what I noticed. The spider mites became a thing and got progressively worse as I, as I got further along in that, in that app. Uh, and then, you know, then all of a sudden you're have to having to add like hexagon into your, into your spray tank, right? You're starting to get real <laughs> spendy there all of a sudden. Um, and I actually found a study that was, uh, that, uh, showed foliar applications of, uh, uh, spider mites increased instances of foliar applications of, of imidacloprid increased instances of spider mites. And, uh, so I was like, well, what happens if I just stop? Like, I'm just going to stop all IND and watch what happens. And in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do uh, two granular feedings, one in the spring, one in the fall, like triple 13, and then I'll just do a foliar. And I, I used to do the uh, the super rainbow triple 13 homogenous uh, with, with micronutrients. Does anybody remember that? Mm -hmm. I oh, yeah. yeah I remember that. Super rainbow, man. God almighty. That was the best fertilizer I've ever used. Um. Uh, anyway, so I would do super rainbow twice a year, and then I would do a soluble triple 20 in the spray tank, drop a, you know, 25 pound bag and, you know, hundred gallons and, and, and just go ham, you know, every, give everything a real, uh, real swift spray. And it was amazing what happened to the landscapes after that. I mean, they blew up and what was funny is that, so that happened like right as I transitioned into Augusta, Georgia. And, uh, uh, one of the wild things about that market for me was, um, like 70% of the lawn care clients also were tree and shrub clients. And so it was a major part of our revenue. And, uh, and so to see the kind of change that occurred there, it became so easy to uh, every new customer you had, you could point at your other lawns and be like, yeah, we maintain their lawn and their trees and shrubs. And you look at their shrubs. And I mean, they're glowing from outer space, right? And of course, it's Augusta, and you know you've got the masters that you're always working towards, and so it would be a no-brainer, uh, especially you know in uh, 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 golf season when your azaleas look like you know they have been smoking meth and injecting meth, and are just like <laughs> freaked out with buds all over them, you know, and uh, and uh, and you know you're looking at at their you know high dollar whatever hybrid. Uh, um, azaleas that have like you know four or five blooms on them or whatever and like do you want to look like that or do you do you want to look like this because we can do that uh and it was it was amazing just what change that made getting away from it so in terms of injections again you can do the same thing um and you can do it with the with the same protocol there i will say is that you're you're probably going to run into more disease issues than i did you know even in the southern end of the transition zone where i was in augusta I would say that's more of a Southern climate to begin with. And it was humid as hell there. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of, of areas of gated communities without a lot of, uh, of airflow that I dealt with. And so from time to time, 
you know, I would have to, I would have to throw a fungicide in there. But even then, it was incredibly rare. Once after a full, you know, I would say like uh, three or four months, you know, where I've got a granular feed and and two uh, two photographs on them. I mean, it was amazing. Like ninety nine percent of the time, I had to put absolutely nothing else on them except except feed them. Here's the thing is that I, I know you want to do the drench. I think you can do that. You want to do four apps a year, do two apps a year with, with, a, with an injection. And um, I don't know if you've ever done this before. Um, you know, you, if, you, if you've got a, a pump and a, a, a sprayer, they, they've got guns with probes that you can put on them and inject into the ground and come up with, in, in all honesty, in your area, you could do a soluble triple 20 that you pump into the ground, maybe beef it up with a little methylene urea or uh, a little bit of additional uh, manganese in there or something. You probably use manganese EDTA if you're using methylene urea, right? Uh, so th- those two, you know, play o- okay together. But um, uh, Garner Earth guy has a great point. It is time consuming. It is incredibly time consuming versus it can be- a hundred gallon tank. You know, drop you know 15, 15 pounds or twenty five pounds in it and get out there and and spray and be done and you'll be on and off the lawn. So it, say it takes you you know, five minutes to, to treat the lawn, you probably got seven minutes tied up in spraying trees and shrubs. Uh, and you have to get your technique down of getting into the shrub and all that fun stuff. Um, but I think, I think you would be stunned at what those four applications do. Only those four applications, no insect and disease control. I think you would be blown away after year one, the results you saw. Um, it just, it, so when it you're talking about amazing. spray, Matt, are you talking about foliar spray? Or are we talking mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with a gun straight it's a, to the it's a, yeah, a, a JD nine gun? So like, and, uh, so like a mist, a mist, not not like a spray spray, more. Of yeah, a mist. not not a yeah. spray spray. Uh, and you'll see with the JD nine gun, you know, you you've got flexibility on it of taking it to more of a mist or to more of a jet. Um, and I, I, you know, put it this way: when I'm when I'm spraying shrubs, the the leaves are swaying. That's for sure. Uh, but I don't have it on a direct jet at 160 psi where I'm snapping stems. You know what I mean? Uh, no, it's, no. It's, it's got a little velocity to it, and you know it's it's doing a good job of of creating a nice uh, a, a, a wind wrap of of moving all your material around around the shrub you're spraying. Um, to real quick to the pruning thing that Ray is talking about, even if pruning is not going to be something you're doing. You will notice a lot of shit that comes from pruning. And one of the ways that helped me truly understand pruning was watching bonsai people um, uh, uh, prune like bonsai trees and stuff. It, it, that really helped me make sense of um, not just, um, it, it's, it's, it's more of the theoretical approach of bonsai pruning, right? Of like, central dominant leader um you know the way to appropriate shape your your lateral limbs and stuff and it is weird because it's it's at a smaller scale but they do it with such precision and there's a lot of good people like uh what is his name um uh bjorn uh bjorn bjornson uh hang on let me let me look this up i follow him on bjorn bjorholm um is is probably one of the more world renowned if you go back and watch his older videos on youtube 
he goes into such extreme detail of why you do everything. And I'm telling you, like I learned more from him that that prepared me for the certified for for a, an arborist exam than uh, probably the book did. Now, you start getting into knot tying and all that stuff, you know, yeah, you, you got to read the the yeah, arborist, yeah. but uh, understanding like you know structure and structural pruning and all that fun stuff, I uh, learning it at the bonsai scale, it just for whatever reason it clicked so much in my head that uh, I was. I think it's easier Matt? to digest that way because you can see it. Matt, you know, yes. so, that send me that, Matt. Is... Send me it by uh, a message. Uh, I'll look Coming it up. at you. Okay. You know that whole point about bonsai style pruning? You know, that is literally the only kind of pruning or trimming that I do in the landscape. That's the only way I do it. And. Funny you should mention bonsai because, you know, my non-farmer grandfather, he was the bonsai hobbyist. So until he died, I literally grew up watching the guy do that kind of trimming, you know, one branch or one leaf at a time. And I noticed where he cut things. And where he cut things is not the way most people think. Because, you know, to this day, people, they watch me, you know, trim their plants or their plant material. And they tell me, hey, I cannot tell or see what you cut or where you cut it off from but there's a huge freaking pile of trimmings, okay, versus the typical conventional way to trim landscape plant materials. My God, it looks obvious that it's been cut. And to my eyes, what I'm seeing are all of these limbs and branches and parts that are literally chopped or cut halfway. To where the other way of trimming is you trim, but then because of where you cut it, you cannot see where that cut was actually made when you're looking at it from afar. And that type of pruning or trimming serves a purpose in that that type of pruning or trimming can decrease the density of the plant and therefore promoting better air circulation within the plant. And that promotion of air circulation then mitigates disease issues. You know, Gardner Earth Guy had a good point, too. And on on the months you get rained out, one of the fertility methods you can do, and some people will shit on me, but I absolutely love them, are fertilizer stakes. Uh, fertilizer stakes in the landscape, um, I, I have really? always had great success with really? them. Um, yes. Yes. You know what? I will, Matt, I will second that. And you know what I'm a fan of? I'm a fan that of That was actually those... something I was going to ask. What about fertilizer stakes? And, uh... <laughs> okay. You know what? You I, know what, Dan? I know some, some landscapers that, that actually do it. Like, just to, okay. just to get by for the next three months. 
You know what? You know what I'm a fan of under certain certain circumstances. I'm a fan of those compressed, timed release fertilizer tablets. Mm-hmm. And what I do with them yeah. is I take my drill, drill a hole for it, drop that fertilizer down that hole, and then cover it back up. And because I have the drill, it doesn't take me much time to make the holes that I need to insert those tablets because it's just imagine my cordless drill with an auger on it and I just go one, two, three, four right around the plant and I just drop shit down the hole. And it's a solid timed release material. And by the way, the original intended use of this product was you were supposed to throw these underneath bald and burlap trees at initial planting and that was supposed to be its starter fertilizer am i right matt mm-hmm. yep yeah and it was supposed to last through the first growing season even get the tree started vigorously and then not run away or leach or whatever it would just stay there so i could see a use case for a fertilizer tablet and you know when you told me about six months of continuous rain i would actually not trust a soluble fertilizer under those conditions i would mm-hmm. rather apply that with that insult that insoluble timed release fertilizer tablet you know into the root zone of that tree or that shrub i'd rather do that because i know quite well and i've told people this too there's no point in me spraying out my beloved triple 20 when it's raining like hell because the next thing I know, it's just going to leach and run and end up where I don't want it. Can I just uh, just take a real quick second here to say hi to somebody? Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm. Uh, I'll say it in English and Spanish because she only knows Spanish. So I would just want to say hi, Valeria. Buena Valeria. Que pase buena noche. Bye. That's beautiful. All right, we're good. Beautiful. Uh, I'm gonna say hey to her too. Uh, hi, mommy. Uh, okay, <laughs> so there is uh, here. I'm I'm gonna tag this. I'll post it. But you can get at like a simple bul- uh, bulb auger. Um, I would probably get one a beefier one, and I'm uh, that's that's what I'm sending here is a little bit little bit wider in the shaft. And the the reason why is. You get it caught on something, and then you end up unwinding. Holy URL! This is a terrible URL. I apologize, but um, you you end up unwinding it while you do it. Uh, so I, I J Pink posted a, vi- a video in there earlier as a joke about vertical mulching. Um, I will tell you, don't do that. Uh, that is that is a bad idea. Um, in certain instances, it, it can be your friend, but I will I will say it was it is one of the most painful things I've ever done, and um, the money was great when I found the the customer that would pay for it. Don't get me wrong, but man, your elbow for the next month after the fact is just is just wrecked, absolutely wrecked. So I wouldn't get into that. But something like a, a short three inch bulb planter just knock you a little hole, drop you drop you a pellet in there, and uh, and you know just a, a a few four four per plant or something like that, and you'll be you'll be off to the races. All right, so pellet during the rainy season, maybe spray 
during the off rainy season insecticide uh, worry about that if it comes up fungus then you may not even need to spray Okay. Like so, I, I, I would t- just plan to kick your season off with like a granular, or you could. I mean, shit, you could do. Uh, then when you get into your rainy season, you know, just do do your pellets right. So that way you're all subsurface, right? Um, uh, you know, do do a granular to kick things off. Um, well, your rainy season's in the winter, isn't it? No summer. He, he has no. a summer rainy season. Oh yeah, summer. That's right. It's summer. Okay. Yeah. So and one. Uh, a spring and fall, you know, a good a good slow release granular. Uh, again, Garnerick, I mentioned Wood Ace. That is that is a great tree shrub fertilizer. I think Lebanon makes it. Um, that's uh, and it's it's that's called still, Wood Ace. W O O D A C E. Uh, it's good. That those are the I Gardner think those are the Earth guy is not he's not on a Discord, is he? No, nope. uh, he he is. He just he just doesn't use it ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got him in there, but he 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 just doesn't use it. Um, one, but he's, and one more he's thing, actually Dan. in the Pensacola area, so you know, other side of the state from you. Okay, Dan. Yeah, I know. And one I know more he's thing a, he's is a Florida guy too. Mm-hmm. You you know for your insect control, uh, I'm familiar with this very good product that was made by Bayer called Cortect. And what Cortect is, is Cortect is an insoluble time-release fertilizer plus imidacloprid. And it is actually a literal pellet or a tablet that you can, and you're actually supposed to, apply this subsurface at the roots of shrubs and trees. Uh, okay, I mean that, well, that is, it, it, that's just another it's, option. Is it still available or Yes it is. It is still available. I think uh that successor to beer Envu uh you know rolled that product uh into their line. And you know, so if you've got like um if if you can find it and you've got crepe myrtles with a history of, you know, crepe myrtle bark scale or something like that, you know, I could see using it there. I'll say too, if you can't find it doing a drench of imidacloprid for something like that is just as effective. Um, there are, there's going to be videos on YouTube that show you how to do that. Um, things like actually injecting into trees. Um, it can be effective if you're dealing with like big, big ass trees. Um, it's a whole nother thing. I recommend like Arbor jet as a, uh, as a system, to use there and and but if you if you find yourself getting into that we can have a separate conversation about implementing the the arbor jet device uh but it's it's a it's a whole nother thing tree and shrub applications i would stick to that get your feet wet first um get used to seeing the aches and pains with with pruning and just watching what happens after you fertilize them because um you get you get you get a little tricky with it and then all of a sudden man i mean Literally, people are going to ask you, like, how do I make my shit look that, like that? And you're going to be like, this is crazy. <laughs> you would rather have tree shrub service than lawn service, and your yard looks that fucking garbage? That's nuts. But it happens. It's it's weird. It's a weird thing. It, it does happen. Their, uh, landscape. Yeah, people love their plants. And likewise, uh, that is where I'm going to, again, reemphasize less is more 
please don't be that guy applying Telstar and Merit monthly. Don't be that person because he's a clown. Yeah, he's a clown and a turkey. And the postscript to this is, can you guys imagine me having to hose down almost an entire neighborhood with a combination of orthene and an insect growth regulator? Because they became less, resistant to perisroids. Definitely more, and I've learned that and, this year in my lawn. Uh, I FAFO'd a lot this year with PGR, and with PGR, I barely had to touch nitrogen. I did put down whatever I put down in my lawn, but not as much as I did in previous years. And I'll tell you, I had less headaches apart from my backyard. I did something very stupid, which I'll never do again. Uh, I used a lot of store-bought products to try to make videos out of, and things didn't work out quite as well. <laughs> uh, but apart from that, less is definitely more. The less nitrogen I put in my lawn this year, the less headaches I had all year long. All year long. All year long. No disease, a lot less insect pressure. Less watering, less mowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I had a great year. And that is uh, because of your turf grass type as well, uh, because you have St. Augustine, right? Yeah. Dan? And yeah. I've been I've been beating this drum for the last several years, uh, contrary to what some famous YouTubers say, and that I say, okay, let's stop applying so much nitrogen, biostimulants, organic matter, and crap to the lawn. Let's gross regulate it. Let's reduce watering. Let's reduce mowing. Let's make it so that maintaining the appearance of this lawn does not become a full-time job because ain't nobody got time for that shit. Okay? Ain't nobody got time. And then I approach this from a professional service provider in that I have had people actually approach me and say, well, you know, what would it be like if you were to water and fertilize this lawn more than you do now? And you know what? I, I, I turn to these people and I tell them, yeah? Uh, are you planning on uh, adding an extension to your house so that I can live here, so that I can mow this shit every day? Because that is when more on a lawn does not equal more. You're, you reach a point of diminishing returns. Less is actually more. <laughs> I think I think this year the only highest nitrogen fertilizer that I put was the Max Four, which I think was the twenty five O O, and sure it grew. I didn't have PGR at that time, and it grew, but the color I did not care because that color was amazing. <laughs> the color that I received <laughs> from that from that product, I'm actually using that moving forward. That's my go to granular moving forward for my for my house. That that color response was amazing, and you know, regardless of the price, it's going to last me for my size yard all year. But 
but uh, that, that that was the highest nitrogen that I put in in my lawn all year long, and that was just to make you know a YouTube a review, and uh, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. But um, you know, I, it, I don't know if we'll have time to get into the next topic, but yeah, go ahead. No, go you go ahead. Let's keep moving. Uh, so the the next real topic that I have is talk about my lawn and Ray already knows a little bit about this we discussed a little bit but I want to go from the ground up to plan this out correctly is uh I want to get into the realm of real mold I have no clue what I am doing I have no <laughs> clue what I'm about to get into <laughs> and I want to do it right from the first time moving forward. I don't want to go back and switch things around because I have the wrong set of sprinklers or because I'm not getting the right coverage or I just want to do it right from the beginning so I can have a nice lawn at the end without having to go back and forth. And that's a that's a project right. I'll most likely work on next year. I so, so I don't you, you, I don't think it's as complicated as it comes across, right? Like, in, in a lot of it depends on what height of cut you're coming out of the gate with. If you're coming out of the gate and you're trying to maintain 0. 0.1, 0.15 <laughs> inches, yeah, I mean, it's a whole nother world you're waltzing into. But if you're trying to do, like, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, the transition is really really easy the two things you have to uh, pay attention to is going to be um uh your uh the number of blades on your reel and your well your clip frequency right um that that is is really it so you don't get washboarding um if you if you don't want to spend a ton of time uh, uh, leveling your yard. I think even using a floating head, um, and I, I'll, I will simp for the John Deere 220E because as unlevel as my yard is, has no problem. The 220E has no problem doing it. Uh, it handles all the dips and undulations and all the other bullshit that exists in it. And, um, the only time I ever get into trouble with it is when I start getting intentionally weird with PGRs. Okay. So I want to do something I shouldn't do just to push the limits and see what I can get away with. Yeah. It ends up biting me in the ass because, you know, you're maintaining it at a pretty strict, aggressive height of cut. Right. So as long as you're not doing any kind of like experimentation, and you're you're just you're timing your nitrogen based on what kind of of clip volume you're getting, right? Um, you can you can really you can get this done at no problem. Oh, I, I'm sorry, Saint Augustine. Yeah, uh, yeah you pr probably raise your height to cut up a little bit. What was uh what was old boy doing on his uh, Saint Augustine? Oh, uh, shit! Up north from uh, uh, yeah. Dan. Was, oh, eight one three king. Yeah, eight one three king. Eight one three king. He was doing his Saint Augustine at about, I believe, a half an inch or lower. 
I wouldn't do that, right? Like that's you're right. you're flirting with disaster at all time. It's not to say it can't be done. It can. It's just your margin of error there, right? Like if you don't want to go back and have to fix things, you're you're you are so flirting on the margin of error there is that chances are something that has nothing to do with what you're doing is gonna cause a fuck up that you're gonna have to fix, right? And it's just because, you know, you're you're pushing beyond, you know, genetically what the plant wants to be at. So um you know what if real mo in saint augustine where where would you be at ray uh i'm i'm going to say inch and a half 2 inches inch and a half actually i i would go down as low as 1 inch all the way down to 3 quarters of an inch and for me in real world conditions that is a comfortable height to keep saint augustine at that's that there's nothing stressful or extreme and you know you've heard me say this numerous times the various consumer models of power reel mowers the the true cuts and the mclean's those were literally purpose-built saint augustine mowers they were not actually intended for people to take them out on things like zoysia grass or low-cut bermuda those mowers were literally purpose-built for mowing St. Augustine at real height. And you know why they, they were, I say they were purpose-built? It's because those mowers, they lack the front roller. Uh-huh. That's why those mowers are on those casters that line up with the side wheels is so that there is nothing in front of the real blade or the cutting unit that is pushing the blades of the St. Augustine down. Therefore, when you run over the St. Augustine with that type of mower, the St. Augustine is up and it presents itself to be cut. And the same is true with a stock model California trimmer mower. That too has casters that are set at the width of the side wheel. So that too is an excellent St. Augustine mower, actually. And you also notice that the height of cut on a Cal Trimmer True Cut or McLean is literally ideally at that height range that I'm thinking is appropriate for maintaining St. Augustine in a lawn. And that Height ranges between three quarters of an inch and one inch. So yeah, a lot of the commercial mowers are going to be hard to get to cut that high, right? Very few of them have the flexibility to to bring it up that way. Um, uh, I I, I can they, make my I can uh, make my Ray, Toro. I Ray, I know inch. you can. I know you <laughs> can. Uh, you could you could also keep a a nineteen sixty two diesel running in perfect condition twenty four seven. Not everyone is is able to do that, and coming right out of the gate with it would probably would probably be a little difficult. But um, and then your barrier to entry, starting with one of the others, is probably a little bit easier too. You know, availability on something like a, a cow trimmer uh, uh, versus you know trying to modify a Toro would be would be a little bit easier too. Um, and, uh, yeah. the, the other thing too, is you play around with your heights of cuts and, and find where you like the aesthetic best, you know, um, I, 
like for for example at the 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 rate that I'm personally able to cut my yard when I was real mowing it um I liked it better at 0.7 0.65 somewhere around there than I did at 0.5 or lower um tinge more color tinge more leaf surface area you know and it just it it hit my eye a little differently in the way I wanted it to hit right uh, you you will probably notice the same thing you may like it at 0.7 or 0.6 or whatever I don't I don't know what that is you might like it at 1.1 but the the great thing is is that you've got the flexibility to play around with it and see where you like it because a lot of that a lot of that is going to be up to just personal preference right and then you know i beauty's in the eye of the beholder kind of thing right so everyone's going to have their own little flavor of that but um in terms of like maintenance wise that you're doing if you're already keeping it regulated if you've already got enough growth to support what you're doing you you probably don't have to change it a whole lot you're probably good to keep on rolling Good. Me and Ray talked a lot or already off show on certain steps and you know, leveling in. Just I got I got a little bit of a bumpy lawn, so uh, I got a little bit of a project to do. Probably about four tons of sand. I'll uh, I'll be off of YouTube for a little bit because it's going to be a little bit of a project. I'll record it and uh, we'll see how it goes. I I'm I'm hoping to get this done sometime next year. And a uh, couple of doubters out there already, but uh, I love it when I have doubters yeah. because uh, I like to prove them wrong. Yeah, let it feed <laughs> your soul. I sat in a meeting on, uh, I believe that was on Tuesday, and somebody was asking me what my motivation was. And it was, I said, my motivation is to look the people in the eye that told me I can't and to say, fuck you, I did it. Uh, so, you know, sometimes oh, yeah. that's the approach you got to take. Yeah, that got me a hard on right there. That's what I want to do. <laughs> Spy directions are the best directions. <laughs> this hill. All right, uh, it's 1030. Last questions. Do you got anything else for us before we dip out of here? I got absolutely none. Great hangout with you guys. Hi to everybody in the chat. Good seeing you all. And I'm ready for the after show. Glad right, you're I healthy, want man. everybody... Right now, to jump over, I am posting a link in the chat. Jump over. Subscribe to Dan the Longman. Watch him undergo his journey. Like he just said, he's got some projects coming up. He's going to be doing some fun things. And hell, he might even put a he might even put a real mower on his yard and watch it be done on St. Augustine. Not a lot of people are doing this. In fact, I can only think of one other person that do this. did this. And as a matter of fact, he now has Bermuda grass. That's where it led him. Who knows what might happen with Dan by the end of it. He might, he might end up with a, with a lawn full of iron cutter or whatever other insanity that he finds himself doing. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. Everybody go subscribe. And we will check y'all on the after show. Bye!